Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi there. This is Bennett Pines, and this episode of Anything Goes is here, and it's now, and it's feeling good. I have to make a couple of corrections. Uh, the promo says Christy England. It's Christy English. Yeah, what do you want? Bennett's an idiot. We can do that. Okay. Um, <laughs> you like that one? She the guest like that more than anybody else. Okay. Um <laughs> want to talk about her book and her projects and everything else, but I want to get to a couple of things before I do that, if, if the guest will allow me a second or two of leeway. Um, oh, please. It has, been, it has been a time, please wear a mask, people. Uh, I don't care if it chafes or whatever, wear it. Until they have a vaccination and get this virus under control, wear a mask. I know it sounds like a big deal, but please do it. I'm not trying to be political or I'm not supporting any side or anything else, but please wear a mask. Um, New cases are springing up daily and somebody coughs and, and I hate to say it, I saw one of those commercials for a mask and they say, oh, a cough can go three to four feet. Yeah, wear a mask, okay? You don't have to wear it inside and with your family and friends. You don't have to. But please, for our sake and for people around you, please wear a mask. Okay, now that I've done my political speech for the afternoon. <laughs> no, but it's important. I, I, I want to say. I'm sorry? I think it's important. I'm glad you said something about it. Well, it's important, yes. It's not earth-shattering. But (laughs) I hate to say it. Wear a mask. Now, you don't have to wear it around. Some people are like, I'll wear it around my house. No. No. Unless you catch the virus and you don't want to give it to anybody and wear a mask, but otherwise, no worries. Don't 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 even think about it. But if you're going out, wear a mask. I don't care if it chafes your face. Use cream. I you know I'm I'm not trying to be rude or nasty or mean, but too many of these people, I go oh, it chafes my face. Wear a mask. 
I don't care if it's a homemade mask, if it's a paper mask or whatever, wear it. If it's a 14, a 40, uh, was it 40, uh, 14 uh, mask or four ply or whatever, or if it's a two ply, wear a mask. That's all I'm asking. I don't care if it's a homemade mask or anything else. I'm going to say this until I'm blue in the face these days. Um, I have a lovely mask that Paula Gaines Woods, the um, lovely authoress, got me, which has Superman on it. I love it. <laughs> I, it it's very restrictive. But will I wear it? You're damn right. Will I tell Paula, oh, yeah, I wore it? Yeah, because I don't care what kind of mask you wear, but do it. Okay. Now I've done my PSA for the day. Now I can be thoroughly, you know, he's an idiot kind of thing. You know, I'm not. But I have a lovely guest. When I heard about this lady um, about four months ago, I said, I want you as a guest on my radio show. And here Aww, she is you. today. <laughs> well, it's true. I don't well, have to I lie to you. you see me. <laughs> it's all right. So, Christy, English, do me a favor. Tell me yes. about you. Tell me about the author in you and what's going on in your world. Well, I, like all writers, I think, am always completely enmeshed in whatever story I'm working on. You know how that is. It's almost like living in two worlds at once. There's the fictional world, you know, where we're writing the fictional story, and then there's real life. <laughs> it's, I'm, I imagine it's, I'm not very technologically on top of things, so I don't, I've never done virtual reality where you put the mask on your face and just, you know, and sort of go into another video game kind of world. Mm-hmm. But I imagine, for me, writing is kind of like that. Well, what does your family and husband or whatever think about it, kids, whatever? They are all so supportive. Um, they, my my parents and my brother have always been amazingly supportive. All my friends, all my loved ones have been supportive from day one, long before I ever sold anything. They were always like, good for you, and God help them. Some of them even have to read the first draft or the second or third draft. <laughs> but they're always good sports about it. They actually help me a lot. Of, I'm in a book club, and every time I write something new, before I show it to my agent or my editor or anybody else, I pass it to them, and they catch a lot of my mistakes. So then it makes me look a little better when I do turn it in. So I love it. Well, this let me, great let thing me to ask do. a silly question because I know sure. this answer, and I want to make sure that you know this answer. Um, uh-huh. How long have you been writing? been writing my whole life, since I was about eight years old, but I've been writing for publication since 2008. I sold my first novel. And then um, The Queen's Pawn came out in 2010 in the spring. And so this year, Princess of France is the sequel to that first book, and it came out just last week. So it's exciting. It's been ten, over 10 years. Are you releasing the first book? Oh, I'm sorry. What did you What did you ask? 
are you re-releasing the first book? Oh, it's still out. So no, um, it's it's it is available in uh, trade paperback still, and you can get it, of course, on Kindle or Nook or Kobo or anything like that too. So many things have gone to eBooks now, but um, but there's still trade pack trade paperbacks available, which is nice. It's the same original it's color nice and everything. It's nuts. Yeah. I used to get a book, paperback, and used to sit in my bed with the with a little light on. I used to read it, you know. And that now it's like, <laughs> oh, you need a computer with you, and open it up, and, and there's your book. And sometimes I would skip through the middle, and I can't do that as much with a with a <laughs> thing online, you know. I just take my right. thumb and go. Now I can't do that. <laughs> I know it. I know what you mean. I'm old enough to understand what you're talking about. To me, a, normally a book is a book in your hand, but I tell you, I've gotten addicted to my e-reader just in the last few years, especially when we were in quarantine earlier this year and I didn't want to you know, leave the house at all. I could order books online and they would come magically to my e-reader. Was, I love it. Are you still in quarantine? No, thank goodness. <laughs> so I wear my mask. I'm do what you say. I'm I'm a lot. Being a writer, I'm mostly, you know, I don't have the same needs to go out as much as other people. But um, and when I do get together with my friends, we sit outside, <laughs> sit outside somewhere with our safe distance and whatnot. But no, it's too hot for that. I got too many movies to watch. Oh, nice. See, that's good. See, that's one benefit of living in the mountains in western North Carolina. Usually there's a couple of hours a day where we can sit in the shade and it's cool enough to relax. But a lot of places it really is too warm right now. Everybody has to be inside. Yeah, it's it's 60 and 60. It's 90 plus degrees outside. Oh, that's painful. That's oh, hot. it is painful. But 90 plus, and they're expecting 100 by the end of the weekend. What? That's, that's yeah, I mean, that would be challenging, I would say. That's challenging. That's why, thank God, I'm inside with air conditioning. Air conditioning is the best. I don't remember who invented it, but bless him or her, whoever it was. You do that, or I get out the fan and plug it in and go, yeah, and just stand <laughs> next to it or sit yeah. next to it. That does help. Ceiling fans are awesome. I know. So what inspired you to write your first book? I'm getting to the second one in a minute. <laughs> the oh, sure, two. absolutely. They kind of go together. They are definitely sisters, these two books. I was meeting, I had just moved to New York City. This was years and years ago. This was 2006. And I had moved to New York City. And my agent was coming to town. My then agent was coming to visit. And she wanted to talk about what I wanted to pitch to, you know, what I wanted to write next and what I wanted her to pitch in the fall to, you know, editors. (laughs) And uh, I didn't know. (laughs) And so I was riding the subway thinking, what am I going to say? And I got this feeling, it's going to sound sort of um, schizophrenic, but other writers may understand what I'm talking about. 
And I just heard this little tiny voice in my imagination say, do you remember the French princess that is in the movie, um, oh, it was about the lion in winter with Henry, you know, with Henry and the second and Eleanor of Aquitaine back in the 60s. I said, well, yes, I remember that. She was like, do you, why don't we tell her story? And I was like, well, why don't we? I have no idea. Why not? So I, I pitched it, and they, the agent, my agent liked it. So I went back and wrote it in about two months. It was like an intensive, bleh, just right, right, right. And I was very happy with it. Anyway, it took us a little while to find a, a home for it, but we did. And two years later, it was placed and happy. Anyway. So that's where that came from, actually. That was, I remember that was from a movie book. in high school. What about the second book, the one that's currently oh. out and just? Yes, My Princess of France. Well, it's the same real-life princess, um, but it, it's her life after all the major political players in her life have are done with her, basically. Um, I, I have it in my... Pol- there's a lot of politics, medieval politics in the first novel, and the queen is jockeying for power against the king, and the king has taken Alice as his, um, prince, the princess in my books, as his mistress, and it's all sorts of chaos. But all that settles down at the end of The Queen's Pawn, and the princess Alice goes to a nunnery, as so many discarded women did you know, in that time. If they were lucky, that's what happened. And eventually, though, King Henry died, and she was released and sent back to France to her, to her brother, who was a major political player at that point in the 12th century, King Philippe Auguste. He took her back and so that he could set up a new marriage for her. Because um, at the time, women's only, uh, women princesses who were only used for political gain They'd say, oh, it's like a chess piece on a chessboard. I need to shore up this particular county, so I'm going to marry my sister to the count there, and then he will be loyal to the, the crown, and I won't have to think about him again. You know, I won't have to worry about him rebelling or anything else. So Alice ends up getting married to a, a count and holding that land, basically, for her husband. And so that's what the second book is about, her life point when anybody else cares what happened to her you know she it's what her marriage and her children and how she builds a life for herself that has nothing to do with anybody else's political aspirations so that's princess of tell me is there a third book coming up too or not not in not for these people not for not for alice everything's told for her i think she's she's told me everything there is. Now, you, you know, I say that, and then you never know. She may show up with more. <laughs> the character may show up with more to tell. But as yeah, far as I know. Yeah. When you're going to sleep at night, not tonight, but when you go to sleep at night and that little buzzing in your ear is Alice going, where the heck is my next story? Come on. Right. <laughs> and, that can and, happen. You know, I'm sorry? That can always happen with a character. You never know for sure. I know, and isn't it great when they're noisy? I love it. Oh, I'd be completely bereft if I didn't hear their stories. I would be like, I wouldn't know what to do. What else are you working on now? 
I am working, I have been dabbling a little bit with modern, with some modern storytelling, and I'm not sure where, I'm not, I don't really have my legs under me on that. All of my stuff tends to be historical fiction or historical romance. So I haven't really finished anything. I'm still sort of noodling about with potential modern stories, but I have mm-hmm. an idea um, of an, to rework an idea that I've had before about Richard the Lionhearted on Crusade, and it's, mo- it's partly from his point of view when he goes on the third crusade, and then also the other half of the book is told from the, sto- the point of view of a Muslim girl who's living in the city that is conquered by Richard the Lionhearted and his army. So it'll be, it basically tells the same story of that battle and the aftermath, both from the point of view of the king who won, and from the point of view of one of the conquered. So I, I'm, I'm kicking that around. I haven't read it by my editor yet, but <laughs> I'm excited You're about it. You're kicking it around. Okay. What else are you yeah. kicking around? Well, that's the main one, really. It's funny. I, I'm one of those. I know some people can write more than one thing at a time, but I get just gripped by something and I can't turn away from it for a while. So that's what's got me in its I, I grip do right want to, now. I do want to excuse myself for one minute because the air conditioning just kicked in and it's 92 in the shade here. So Oh, wow. I just So if you hear the air conditioning, folks, it's not like I'm trying to be rude. It's just it's hot here. And I don't want to be rude, but you hear the air going, so you want to make sure that you're, you know, we don't have a soundproof studio. I wish I did. But that happens. <laughs> you stay comfortable. Oh, believe me, it's hot enough. If the air conditioning fails, I will not be happy. <laughs> that would be terrible. About, that really would. About last week. About six o'clock in the morning, I'm, I'm, you know, headed, you know, to to an assignment like I'm doing, and the power went, bing, and everything went. Oh wow! And I had uh, there were two gentlemen that helped me down the stairs uh, to get me down to the ground level. Thank you, gentlemen. By the way. And they know who they are, but thank you, gentlemen, for helping me down the stairs. And power was still off when I came back about 12:31. So, and wow. I'm on a sixth floor wall, and I'm on the sixth floor, so it's not pretty. Even though when you look outside, it is beautiful. Oh yeah, and you wonder what the poor people are. No, I'm kidding about that. But, you know, it's outside. Everybody's just in the kids are outside playing and everything else with masks, but still they're playing. And, yeah. And the, the, or they're in the swimming pool or whatever. And more power to them. In, you know, enjoy, guy. Enjoy, you know. More power to them. Enjoy with it, what's going on. And um, I'd rather stay in the air myself. But, okay, when you start a project of any sort, I know you're kicking around one, but 
how does it hit you? Does it just say, hi, I think I'm going to choose you to, to write this, or how? I feel like the character chooses me, and usually she'll show up with a scene. of That's usually the first scene of the book, and I'll be, mm-hmm. you know, then I'm fascinated and I'm hooked and I have to start writing. And then the thing is, if I want to, I get to hear the stories first, which is my favorite part about writing fiction, whether it's historical fiction or historical romance or any modern type of novel. I, I love hearing the story first. I feel like I'm, I mean, obviously I'm writing it, but I feel part of the audience in a way, even as I'm putting it down on the, on the page, I'm completely enmeshed in whatever's going on. And that's really exciting to watch a character's life and who she is and why she does what she does and the different challenges she faces. Because, I mean, obviously the, the French princess in both The Queen's Pawn and Princess of France has different challenges than um, the girl in Akka when it's, you know, in the Richard the Lionhearted book when her city is conquered and she's let, and all of her family is dead. It's just a different, it's fascinating to watch these, these really strong and interesting women come up with solutions to major problems that I could never handle. I mean, I couldn't live in the medieval France. Good Lord. I like my electric light. So I like my running water. I'm sorry. So how did you get the inspiration to write this? Well, I've always been a big history buff. I love history, and that fascinates me. But honestly, these particular characters chose me, I feel like, the characters in my subconscious. I think it must come. I think our subconscious is so deep and so unknown. There's so many pieces of energy and thought going on that we're not even aware of. And then it's like uh, my subconscious is a big ocean, And I'll be walking on the beach, relaxing, you know. A a lot of ideas come to me when I am walking, taking a walk outside. And uh, it's like the ocean of my subconscious just runs in my being. Oh, with a mask. Yes, (laughs) absolutely, right now with a mask, definitely. But um, it's as if an idea will just float up out of the sea and wash up onto shore, and I – it grabs me and I can't look away from it. And I hope that when I've written the book as well as I can and, you know, had it edited and caught all my, hopefully all of my mistakes and whatnot, that it's equally as gripping for the reader because it's the most fun to be taken away to another world by a book, whether I'm writing it or reading it. That's my favorite thing about reading or writing fiction is being transported and seeing things from a different point of view than I normally would. And what what book do you usually read? Not write. Oh, my gosh. Right. We have another hour and a half. Go ahead. (laughs) Um, Right now I'm reading Half of a Yellow Sun, and I can't pronounce the author's name. And I'm behind the times. We're reading it for my book club. And it is gripping. It's so good. It's about the Nigerian um, civil war that happened in the 60s. But, of course, it's, it's fiction. It's a fictionalized version, what happens to these fictional characters in the midst of this major conflict. And I'm fascinated. It's, it's, 
I guess it's technically historical fiction as well, since it happened in the 20th century. But it is, it's really good. I think a lot of different things, though. That's, that's a little more serious than I usually get. If I'm, if I'm reading for myself, I like Eckhart Tolle. If I feel like I want to sort of meditate or whatever, I'll read a little of his work. I love that. I love basically anything by Philippa Gregory. <laughs> that's another kind of medieval yeah she's amazing right anyway that kind of thing some people if people don't read historical fiction sometimes i wonder if they know who i'm talking about but she's so famous i'm sure they do but anyway i just love well, it not I love everybody reading. knows but most do yes now i yeah, tend to i tend to read i have authors and friends that give me books and tell me give me your opinion and so i give it to them because I used to do it all the time. I still do it every once in a while. But um, I, I wanted to think, while I have, give me about a minute and a half, I need to do my homework. I'm not asking you to leave. Just give me a minute and a half. Sure, don't worry. Next week, next week on Anything Goes, we have the lovely Kelly Stone Gamble. And she's been teaching and she's writing and I want to know what the heck is going on with her, and we will talk about it next Tuesday, uh, next Tuesday, next Thursday. Now, the 30th, I am getting my, my ultimate wish, Dick Dizel, which is Count Gore Duvall, coming on the 30th with our author, Elizabeth Black. They are not a couple. Elizabeth Black has a new book out, and she's a lovely lady. And on the 6th, we have Leanne Sondheim-Murphy with her new book, which is coming out. On the 13th, we're having a little confab of the legal show. Sarah Steele is coming out of radio retirement to come see me um, and talk about legal issues with the pandemic and all the other crap. That's happening now. So I mean, I'm not doing anything, you know. You, you notice everybody's coming <laughs> in the insulting level. Um, I mean, I love that we have guests that love to come on. I, I have a full schedule of other guests coming up. I'm already booked through November, so you know. And I only and I only put on my Facebook wall until October, and so it's a lot of things going on. Uh, I hope we're all healthy and well to enjoy it. And please, I want to make sure we're all healthy. I'm not leaving the mic to. I want to hear more from this lovely lady. I, I'm, I'm working on a project called Pandemic Stories, and I want to hear people's pandemic story on paper, not, not verbally. And uh, I'll say this very quickly. Somebody came up to me and they said, you know, I could just tell it to you. No, write it. Write it down. <laughs> and uh, I tell that for any writer. Write it down, and I would love to hear it. So that doesn't mean, and I'm not talking about, we're not talking about buying it yet, 
because I don't know if there'll be a book deal even in it. I'm hoping. I can wish. I can't promise. But as I said, we have a lot of guests coming up that have books and projects and everything else. And uh, I would love, and uh, I say this, uh, Count Gore Duvall, which is Dick Dizel, and Elizabeth Black, we're just having, we're going to have it on the 30th, just the two of us going at it against uh, the Count and just talking. The, the man's been, uh, he's got an online um, show and it's 20 years old. So it, it's, you know, we're not talking just guests coming out of thin air. You know, we're talking guests that are like this young lady and others who are basically great authors. So, did I give you enough build-up? I tell you, I'm an amazing company. I am very appreciative to be on the show. (laughs) You can be anytime, anytime you want to come. Okay? Oh, thank you. If you're a fan of Leanne, Leanne Salaheim Murphy, I would love to come home with Leanne. Come on. I don't worry oh, about wow. it. That's exciting. I worry. Thanks for that offer. I don't worry. <laughs> oh, you kidding? I would, I would do it in a heartbeat. Somebody said to me once, can I come on? Anytime. When do you want to come? You know, I mean, if I have another oh. guest, sure, come on. I mean, I have, I enjoy discussion, okay? So I'm going to ask a silly question. Somebody says you're a naysayer. Oh, go ahead, say it. I don't think you're, I don't think, I bet it's not a silly question. But most people, what have you done during this three months that everybody's off of work and and you're supposed to stay in your homes, apartments, whatever. It's interesting because I thought I was going to get more writing done, and I actually got a lot less done. I don't know. I just could not, you know, I just piddled, and I I don't know. It That's was crazy because I just turned in Princess of France, thank God, before the pandemic really hit in um, North Carolina. But then after that, I was trying to, you know, really get started on my um, the novel for the Third Crusade novel, and I was just <laughs> kind of spinning in a way. I don't know. It's like my brain couldn't really concentrate the way it normally. I'm better now. I mean, you know, I'm able to concentrate much better now, and I'm working again. But I wonder if other people had the same experience of just sort of the long list of stuff I could have been doing, but just could not focus on it. Too worried about well, the this, state of the world. This obviously. is your book project. This is your next book project, right, Christy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my the the book about the Third Crusade. Yes, yes, it is. You know, I'm just saying this this one. You know, is what everybody did. What did you do during the pandemic? Right. Okay. I, I think you need to write writing. that book. I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, because a lot of people, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people did a lot of different things, but I wonder if we all had a similar universal 
sort of shell-shocked experience, at least for part of it, I wonder. Well, I, I get too many people, let me tell you what's going on. And I said, write it down. And they said, no, 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 I don't want to write it down. Write it down. If it comes <laughs> out, ever comes out, it comes out. I love to see some like this. But I think, I think a bigger writer has to, I'm, I'm, I'm a writer myself, but I think a bigger writer needs to take command, if you know what this is. Right. What else did you do during the pandemic? I read a lot. Now I don't even remember what I read. That's not funny. But I did. I read a lot. Go ahead. Nope, that that was what I read. Did a lot of that. I took a lot of long walks outdoors because here we had a really strangely beautiful spring here. I mean, it's always beautiful to me in Western North Carolina. But this spring, it seemed like we had even more flowers than usual. I don't know if it's because we were already so stressed. But I asked my friends that, you know, via text and stuff, what they thought. And it was just gorgeous. So I took a lot of long walks. And I thought maybe that would give me more inspiration for more work, you know, so that I could get back to work. But it didn't quite. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, I was inspired, glad to be alive, but I wasn't. It didn't really make me sit back in the chair and get my work done. I was told due to my health problems I have, they said, stay in. Now, oh, yeah. telling a person with 6,000 movies to stay in <laughs> it's like, like, what do I start with? You know, do, do I watch The Love Bug or do I watch Walker, Texas Ranger? I don't mean commercials. I'm talking DVDs. Or do I watch uh, <laughs> Advise and Consent or, or War and Peace with Audrey Hepburn? And then people are like, well, well, why are you watching old stuff? Okay, so what new stuff should I watch? <laughs> and... and and I'm not bored. Please don't misinterpret. I'm not bored. But when you have over 6,000, your ch- your choices are like a hell of a lot. So, <laughs> and, you and suddenly when you're going, but when you're going through the racks, you're finding out that you have duplicates of like six or seven other projects. You know, like, I, and I'm going to say this. I thought, there's my Batman. I don't have any others. And this is the uh, the three-season Batman. And suddenly, I found that I have a second three-season Batman. Same same set and everything else. So, it freaks me out. Yeah, I know. (laughs) One doesn't work. I have a second. That's right. It's a backup. Exactly. So what do you, okay, if you could have done anything during this pandemic, during this time, what would you have done? Oh, if I had had my mind all together, this was my fantasy of, you know, you've got three months to do something good. Right. You know, finish that novel 
obviously. I had already turned in Princess of France, so that was safely in the hands of my editor at that point, thank God. But that, and I did get to do my, my rewrites. They, I, I got my notes back, so that was good. It was good to be able to write notes, you know, to, to make the book better. That helped during that time. But if I had had my druthers, I would have loved to have my full creative faculties not distracted, not nervous about the world and how everything's going. I would have loved to have, you know, tried to teach myself to paint, maybe learn, you know, take a ballet class on YouTube, online, do something like that, something I had never done before. Kind of stretch my, stretch the envelope of my life, you know, a little bit while you stay inside, obviously. That would have been what I wanted to do. Oh, and also there were tons and tons of virtual tours of all these wonderful places, all these places I've not been yet, you know, big different museums in Italy and in, and in France and in London, I think even. And I haven't, I still haven't looked at these virtual tours. That's how slack I've been. <laughs> oh, it's crazy because they're there and you can just go take these tours of all these major works of art and I still haven't done it. That's just lazy. I got. I don't have. But in um, my in my fantasy, I, I would have looked at all of that. I don't want to get killed. I didn't say you're lazy. But <laughs> because you're sweet. <laughs> well, okay. There are a lot of authors that combine talents. I'm not saying you should or shouldn't, but there are a lot of authors that combine their talents. They get together, and I've, I've seen it at, dare I say it, science fiction conventions and other places. Oh. But have you thought of possibly, if you could, team up with another author and write a book? You know, or write I've a never novel thought of it. Or a... I have a lot so of you friends have, who have done it. I, I, it's impressive. I have never tried that. That would be... In a way, it would be really great because you would never be lonely. You'd always have, you know, you'd always have your your friend to bounce those ideas off of, and you know, to progress the book. I guess they trade it back and forth. Some some of my friends who do it, they'll, you know, each will take a different perspective and write the book, you know, and pass it back and forth on a Google Doc or something. But I've never tried that. But you're the second person in the last month who has told me that I should. So maybe I ought to look into it. Maybe it's meant to be. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, if, if it's meant to be, do it. I hate to if say it's meant it. To be, do it will it. happen. It would be interesting. Do I've it. never experienced that in that way. I would love to see what you, you come up with. Not just you. It would be something but, else. You know, or get together with you and a couple of other writers and do a, per se, as you said, a round robin. And... Let both of you or three of you or six of you write a chapter or whatever or leave it in that kind of format that somebody starts and then another person takes over and then another person takes over. And by the time you're done, you have a book. And Well, this after the editing, you have a book together, all four of you or all three of you. Or right? That would be I'm sorry. Else. That would really I'll do be the, I'll make I really you have worked by myself up to now. <laughs> well, I'll make you a deal. I'll do the forward if you ever do the book. 
Thank you. There you go. That's cool. Because I do have friends that do this. It's not the first that I've done. Well, it's I'm not sure the first forward I've done, and it's not the first bet I've done like this. <laughs> I, I remember I said to Leanne Salahan Murphy, who would be a guest coming up soon, I said to her, I said, you get the book done, I'll write the forward. About a week, two weeks later, she says, when can I, when do you think you'll be ready with your forward? <laughs> Wow. And the book came, and the book came out. And it was so, so surprising cool. when you when you see the forward and I'm not just saying my forward, anybody's forward, but oh yeah, and you know, it's like I'm instrumental in getting this project off the ground. That's true. That's a, go ahead. You were saying I'm interrupted you. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, I just said that's true. I think forwards can be a really great way for a book to jump off, you know. It is instrumental. It's not, it's not, my, it's not my first rodeo. I'll do it anytime. <laughs> As I said, now, it ain't my favorite? first rodeo. What's my favorite what? Genre to read. Are you a big reader? or I, I love movies, too. But I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big, I used to be a very big reader. Uh, now I'm more a movie buff and well, I still, still read. I'm not totally done, but, um, okay. I'm a fan of Robert B. Parker's Spencer novels, not all of his novels, but Spencer and even H. Oh, Atkins who took over the man, who took over the mantle after Parker. But I'll tell you my favorite book, and people usually slap me around after they hear it. I'm a fan of Roald Dahl's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the first book, not the second, not Charlie and the Glass yeah. Elevator. And somebody's like, that's childish. No, I, I enjoy it. I, I savor because it's like pure imagination. It's wonderful. It is. It's a wonderful classic. Oh, I like that one too. Oh, one of my favorite writers, he's historical, but he's murder mystery type, is Philip Carr. I love him so much. Oh, God. Yeah. Obsessed with him. The one Why are you other. obsessed with him? You know, he's fascinating. He, I, I really have never studied. I've been kind of obsessed with the medieval period, so I've never really studied um, – World War Two, honestly. I mean, I've seen movies, you know, of course, and that sort of thing, but I've never really, and honestly, don't know a great deal about it other than what I've seen. But I felt like reading his books, not only was I getting a really good story with a character I love, Bernie. He's the, you know, he's the protagonist. I just enjoyed him so much. His perspective, it was so dark, but still he was a soft-hearted person in spite of where he was living. You know, he was basically... Um, living in Nazi Germany and the aftermath. And it's, it, it was fascinating to me to look at that war from the perspective of that particular uh, character, that detective. I was, it, I was, I was fascinated. I have all the, all the, all of the books, love them. It was mind boggling to me. Different look at the whole thing. Has Very there ever been a book you wanted to start to read 
and has had false starts or have never tried it? You know, one I want to read, I've never read a lot of the Russians, you know, the famous Russian writers. I think I read one Dostoevsky once. Isn't <laughs> that terrible? And I, I want to read Anna Karenina. I want to read War and Peace. But have I done it? No. <laughs> I should do it. They're classics of world literature. But have I done it? No. And I should. I'm sure they'd be inspiring. But I haven't done it yet. Okay. But I still can. I still can do it. Do we get the children's primer for you for the for the Anna Karenina or <laughs> right? I love the film that Tom Stoppard wrote that they did a few years ago. Um, oh, mm-hmm. I think Karen Knightley played Anna Karenina, and it was so yeah, good. I mean, anything with Tom Stoppard, he's my favorite living playwright. I think he's a complete genius. So, and he writes for the movies too sometimes. And he wrote that mm-hmm. script, and I was just transported. It was wonderful. And I was like, I really should read that book. I mean, you know, I need to read the book. And have I done it? No. <laughs> Is that lazy? Probably. That, that's but, your assignment sorry. for next week. <laughs> Get a hold of Anna Karenina, unabridged, and read it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, don't, don't do that. <laughs> I, I've, I've done it. I, I had War and Peace. And oh, I'm think? like 10 or 11 years old. And I kept it around. And they said, oh, that's your mommy and daddy's book. No, it's mine. Oh. And some, at that time, adults, I was like 10 or 11. Some adults are like, it's your book? Yeah. And they thought you were lying, didn't they? They thought I was lying. And and that was my (laughs) book. And I started telling them the story. And they said, that's nice. And it was like, you listen to a 10 year old. And you know, it was a good book. Oh, but see, it was so God, get long. It. <laughs> yeah. So much, so much padding. It bothered me a lot. Um, so you already have your, your next idea for your next book. I what do. else are you working on? That's the main one, really. That's the one I'm, I've written the first two drafts and I need to go back and write two more, you know, basically. And then, you know, clean it up, clean it up, cut it, cut it, kill your darlings. I don't know what that quote is from, but it's the truth. Every time I love something really a lot and I think I've been super clever, it needs to be cut. <laughs> That's almost always the case. Yeah. But if I leave it in and give it either to my beta readers who are my book club or to my editor, they always come back and say, okay, <laughs> cut that. That's being cutesy or that's being, you know, too okay, roundabout. Okay. Diane, one of our listeners, Diane, has a question for you. Have you thought oh. of really doing, yes, yeah, she has a question for you. I'm the one, I don't let anybody get on this air. Thank you. Let anyone get on the air but you and I, because I don't, I, oh. you know, you get somebody going, it, you know, they try to do something, and I'd rather them not do something, unless I know the author very well. You know, like Elizabeth Black, I know very well. Marsha Casper Cook, I love dearly. Anybody wanted to come on, and I know them, fine, sure. But somebody just, John Doe up the street doesn't. But one of our 
listeners who I do know gave me a question for you. And she said, have you thought of doing another book with somebody else in the same genre? You know, I haven't. I have thought of it, but I've never pursued it. It's never lit my fire. And I don't know. I think it may sometime because I have a lot of other friends who have done it together. They'll write in tandem, and it's impressive. The results, the books are brilliant. I just haven't done it myself yet. But long story short, you never know. You just never know. It could well, happen. I'm, I'm and thank right. you for the question. It's kind of and, a ask. Would you, okay. You write in a certain genre and a certain uh, era. Would you ever decide to do another genre or another era? Yes, definitely. Because I've, I've done historical fiction and historical romance, and those have been the main ones, honestly. That's, but I am toying with the idea of some modern – but they won't be – it's funny because it's, it's almost like – my mind is shifting gears in a way when I, I switch from what I'm used to, what I've done the most of, which is historical fiction, into anything remotely modern. It strips away. Of course, you don't have to do research because it's the present, you know. And so that takes away a lot of part of the work, honestly. But then you have to look at, well, what's interesting about this moment in time? And that's up to the character. That's what's interesting to me is what the character brings to the table, whether it's a modern book or a medieval book. The, the perspective of my main character is what I fall in love with from the first moment I start working. And then I have to stay in love with it. I do. They have to be interesting enough to me to carry me through the entire storytelling process. And then I hope that they are as interesting to my readers, you know, eventually. But I'm sorry, I went off on a tangent, and I don't know if I answered your question. But modern, modern is where I'm headed eventually, I think. But I just love the medieval perspective, or at least, of course, we have no idea what the actual medieval perspective was like. We don't know. People didn't keep diaries. They didn't. They weren't literate. You know what I'm saying? This sort of thing didn't happen. It's not like it was oh, 1850 and you find a diary. So it's exciting, though. I love the idea of, and I am a storyteller, even though I do historical fiction. If it's a question of do I keep an historical fact accurate or do I make the story more interesting, I always choose the story. So I'm really a novelist first and anything else second. <laughs> Have you ever thought of the originalist history? You know, I never have. Um, I did study history when I was in college a hundred years ago, and it's fascinating. But no, that I, was last week. It was a week and a half ago. You caught me. <laughs> but, but honestly, it's the imagination that sparks it. What would it be like to be in the 12th century? Not fun, I think. Right? Uh, even if you're a princess who doesn't get killed in a war and who does have enough, she gets the best of all the food and you're mostly protected and, you know, physically at least and all this sort of thing. But then still, what is your life like? There's so many diff things that are different between the way I live my modern life now as a woman in the 21st century versus what anything would have been like in the 12th century. It's fascinating. Uh, to me, to me, it's fascinating. 
We, we, we have a call from Mark to Pastor Cook. And I'm going to, not that I want to interrupt you, I want her to say what her opinion is. Oh, absolutely. Okay, Mark, are you there? You mentioned my name, so I thought I should call in. I thought, oh, well. You know, hi, Christy. I don't know her. I never met you. And I sent her a message, and I don't think she knew who I was. So. I just thought I I'm so sorry I missed it. Oh, wow. You know what? I just wanted to put a, I put I wanted to put a picture of some of your books up on the show page. So that's why that message is for oh, me. Oh, okay. certainly. Well, I'm sorry. I, I'm no, so no, no, that's I don't. I didn't know you. I, you know, I know, I know. I don't know everybody in this world. So I know a lot of people, but not everybody. Oh, you mean I do? Okay, thanks, Marcia. You do know a lot of people. That's why I'm listening. I listen yeah, I because I know a lot people too but I I love all these people that you've had on you're very interesting and I'm looking I wanted to answer one question the same question you said is all the things you wanted to do if you ever had like four months to do nothing and you don't do it because you can't it's like everybody on my show when I talk to people they all say the same thing I'm off now for a month like you know but I'm supposed to be finishing a book but that's why I'm calling in right but I mean <laughs> right? because it's really hard to concentrate I've never had that like this I really haven't I'm it's like you know I wake up in the morning welcome guest anytime. what you're Wait, welcome, guest, any time to come on my oh, show. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. No, but I was listening, and, and the truth is it is that way now for people. They want to do things, and they wake up, and they go, okay, I'm going to do this, and then they don't do it. You turn on the series, and you watch it. I've been watching uh, the have-nots, uh, the haves and have-nots. It's by Tyler Perry. I, I'm, like, addicted to mm. it. It's on Hulu. and there's I like him. Seven, there's seven seasons. I'm on the third now. But oh, it's like, I get it. It's really, I'm really sorry. good. I'm sorry, I'm a nine because... Walker, Texas Ranger boy. Which one? Walker, Texas Ranger, Chuck Norris. <laughs> How funny. I haven't watched that one yet. I've heard of it, though. But I'm obsessed with Medea. Oh. <laughs> I love okay, Medea. Well, then, you. I mean, honestly, we're just, writing we're just is writing is... your homework soon, right? Hmm? I said we're giving Christy all her homework. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, because people, that's what they're doing now. Because, you know, and but in this particular one, to have it, they have and have nots, it actually keeps your mind so occupied you do not think about the news. <laughs> and mostly I'd switch channels every five minutes to make to turn on CNN to see what's going on. So it's like I, I you know. Right. You, oh, yeah, my goodness. I mean, we, yeah. I'll be streaming you, you know? thing right. and I'll look at my phone to see what the numbers are on the CDC. I know. What they've, you Isn't know, that terrible? What they've added to the day. It's oh, God. <laughs> You know, and honestly, you know, it really is hard to think, you know, because I just when we all think we're going to get better and everything is going to get back to normal, not normal, but at least get better, it got worse. Yeah. Right. You make me feel so much better because I've kind of been fussing at myself, like put yourself no. in the chair, get to work, self. And I'm like, that's what I do. I, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do. I get up and I walk. I talk to myself and I go, okay, you do this. And I said to my husband, I sit down and go, this is the day. So then I do and then I do something else. Because I don't know. I'll, I wash the floor. I do anything. Bennett? Wow, Bennett. I got you on the phone, Marcia. Tell them about your current projects that are out now. Oh, yes, please do. Oh, I want to hear it. Well, uh, yeah. Well, I have four of them, and I never and I do exactly what you do, Christy, because I cannot. I really 
can't do two stories at one time. I can take notes and things, but I just can't. You know, if I'm thinking of something, then I'll put it down. But I, and now I'm writing another romantic comedy, which I did as a screenplay, and so I am doing it. But you know, I, I'm trying. You know, and I and I know the story because I did it in the screenplay, but I'm switching it around. But it, I do find it very difficult. Like yesterday, I wrote a paragraph and I went, "Yay, <laughs> good!" You know, oh, seriously, yes, <laughs> I know, I know. But I do, you know, I, yeah, and you know, and most of the people that come on, you know, and I do watch everybody out there, and they really are coming up with a lot of books. I'm thinking, like, I hope, I wish I could do that. They're going like, "Oh, I have another <laughs> book coming out. I have another," and I see um, Bennett knows Piper Stone. I, I look at you, oh, my God, she's got another book. She's got another book. I'm thinking, like, I cannot uh, do this. I, excuse me. I, I want to – let me chime in something before I forget. Elizabeth Black, who will be a guest in two weeks, will have – has a new book. So I'm very happy about that, too. Yes, she does, yeah. Yeah, she does. Hey, and, you know, yeah, we do a lot of shows together. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do a lot of shows together. She's got a book, you know, but I do think after the four months now, I do think people are, they thought they'd be out by now, like doing whatever they did, you know. And so I think that, that now the stress level is probably getting higher because we all did what we did for several months. And then now we have to, we might have to redo what we did. Oh wow! And right yeah. now, also, what annoys me is these young people, twenties or whatever, goes parties, and, and the virus is just getting worse. See, I don't and, swim, but I cannot understand why everybody has to go swimming into the beach. You know, I don't know. It's you know, I like to do things, but I just find that that is amazing how everybody needs to do this and. And it's so bad for people because they're on top of each other in a pool. I don't know. That's well, true. I, I sympathize because I know they feel cooped up. Yeah. You know, but we've got to be careful. And masks. I heard what you said, share. Bennett. And masks, masks. I keep buying new ones. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I keep ordering new masks because we are going to be having to wear them. Look, I have to admit, I don't love it either, but I, I wear it. You have to wear it. Well, I'm going to be buying a reusable one soon that you stick in the washer. Yeah, I got some of those. Yeah, I do. I do. What about you, Christy? Do you have those, or which ones are you wearing? I've got the reusable ones, absolutely. Yeah. The ones yeah. my mom sent me, like, 16. Okay, she sent me quite a few, and then <laughs> I've got more. She's got the super tight ones that I'll use in the winter, I think. But yeah. I've got the lighter ones that you can wear. You know, just in the summer, but yeah, and they all—they're all the washable ones. I—I didn't—I wasn't ahead of the game. I didn't think about, oh gosh, I should have masks. You know, when I first went into quarantine, yeah, I ended up getting them from you know friends who's like, oh, I've got extra. I'm like, thank you. Yeah, you know, and I—you could wear scarves too. You know, scarves. I think you know you could wear the bandana scarf. I ordered some, but I don't know if I'll ever get them. I ordered some that are like longer now, so you know, you could just like put them down. You know, on your mm-hmm. neck, like so mm-hmm. you don't have to keep taking them on and off. I mean, look, this is what we talk about now. It's you know, and people people want to know if I'm going to have. Sh- I did have a few shows about COVID, but then other people said, "Oh, I don't do it anymore because nobody wants to hear about it anymore." But it's all that we do now. We're all in this, so I think it's we hard are. not to bring it up. I agree. Between talking about it as it's that's all that we can talk about, and right. just a sideline. Yeah. 
I mean, I, 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 yeah. I did my math speech, and then it was like, let's talk about something else. You know, because you did yeah. your math speech, and, that, and you tell people to do it. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to hear that there are thirty or sixty or ninety more cases in Virginia or in Maryland or in D.C. or whatever. And Black Lives Do Matter and all the rest of that, but they're not wearing masks. Well, I'm okay. having Jack. Ram- I'm, I'm having Jack Remick on, which you know, and Jack Remick every day. I'm coming, I'm having him on in August, and I love him. He's been on the show many times. He's in Seattle, and he he writes ex- the count every day. You know, I mean, because it's he's always he's always been very political, and he does write the count and everything. So he'll be on in August because you know, and when he was on last, I think we just started this, and so who would have thought though? I mean, we wouldn't have thought it would be like this. So I think right now people are like, oh my God, this is here, you know, and um, so I think that's an issue, you know. But I look at, you're right. You have to talk about other things. You know, and, and, and I just was listening. I was listening, and I heard what Christy was saying, and I so many of the things that she said. I've never written uh, in an anthology either, or a red like you. What'd you say, like a Red Robin or something, to do that with like yeah. six people? Yeah, a lot of people do that. Yeah. You know, I've never done that. You know, I just do my well, own thing. Well, anytime you're ready, Marcia, I will okay. personally <laughs> right. right. well, I'm. Yeah. Um, I can never get my Christy, concentration back. You can back. Back. <laughs> get, yeah. Uh, you if know, we, if I ever get my concentration back, maybe we'll both get it back on the same day. <laughs> I think, I, yeah, I think that people will get their. I, I think it will be that way, but I think right now it is very difficult, and I think that's why I wanted to come in and say this because the truth is. Most of us have this, but and you know, and you need to hear that other people have it because every, everybody thinks it might be their own thing where they can't. And people that never—it's not writer's block. I don't, it's not writer's block because I can write. It's just that mm-hmm. you are preoccupied. It's called What's writer's malaise. It's called writer's malaise. You know how it's Nobody's blocked. It's a malaise. It's really weird. It's it's very strange. You know, and when I wake up in the morning, I just feel like, oh, my God, you know, and the first few months and then the third month, the fourth month. But, you know, we're missing like summer now. It's like and I live in Chicago. So it's like we finished. We started in March. And once it gets to be August and September, we're going right into, you know, the winter season, you know, and I miss spring. I miss spring, and now here's summer. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's, it's hard to true. think about that. Mm-hmm. But, okay, I'm going to get on and let you go. But, Christy, say you could send me, I sent it in a message. You could send me a couple pictures, and I'll, I'll add it to the show page. But I just want to come <laughs> out because you don't sorry. know who I am. So I just, you didn't oh, know who I was. I'm thinking, oh, she'll never answer my message. I, only, but, <laughs> I feel terrible. I only look at Facebook about once Maybe twice a week. It's terrible. How do you do that? How and do you do that? When How I first did it, when it, the pandemic first came, I was looking at it every 10 minutes. It was on my yeah. phone. I was, you know, yeah. I was like, Christy, you're driving yourself crazy with yeah. social media. Put it away. Put it down. You're never going to yeah. get anything written if you don't That's put it down. So now I've gone too far on the other extreme. I found <laughs> it. I just found it, and I sent you the co- cover of the new book. Okay, right, I'll put it. No, it's true okay. though, right? I think, right? And I, you know, I do. 
I do not want to be on Facebook all the time and Twitter. I really don't. So, but I end up doing it, you know. And sure. it's not. Good. It's, I don't think it's good for anybody, actually, to tell you the truth. But I do it, you know. Okay. And, well, Bennett, we you're not on as much, Bennett. Together and really do this. To do what? The, the, the pandemic blues get like six or seven or ten writers and talk what they're doing. That would be great. That would be fascinating. Somebody asked me if I wanted to do a show like that. and You've never had her on, Judy Schneider, but she asked me if I wanted to do it. I went, I don't know, because I've done it, but I can can see doing a show like that because I think people actually need it. You know, I think they need to hear from other people what we're doing. Oh, is that what we're doing? Okay. Okay, if you want, I'll, we can do it any time, you know, in any time in, you know, next I couple of weeks, I can add a show. I can add a show. I'm booked here in December. No, but we can add a show because I can add a show, uh, you know. <laughs> I, know, I think I, I, know, I, think I, I, think I have a connection. I have a connection to add a show. <laughs> I hope I hope we're not going to be in October, I, I November. Think, I think so, yeah. I hope we're not okay. going to have this by October, November. I've, you know. So oh, I'm not geez, not that we won't like have it, but it won't be like this. January, February. Well, I, I'm I'm out. Want to do it? If I'm if I'm in that long, if I'm in that long, I don't, I don't think the pandemic. I'm talking oh. shows. Oh, you want to do another show? A different. I'd love to, I'd love to do two shows. It'd be great. You I'd can have do two shows. You can. Yeah. Anytime you want. I, I don't care. I don't care. I'll think about it. Well, <laughs> let me let me get back. Right, okay. All right. Christy was very nice meeting you and um, oh, I hope you'll come Marcia. on my show too. You know, I'm I got I'm I oh, you know, I thought I knew all yes. of Bennett's friends, but I don't. I don't know all of Bennett's friends. You don't know Bennett. half of my friends, Marcia. <laughs> <laughs> I'll surprise you with a couple more soon. <laughs> Okay, I know who I'm going to have. I have a few people I want to have on. All right, have a good, nice to meet you. Take care, Bennett. Oh, okay, great I'll to talk meet to you, you soon. Okay, bye everybody. Bye bye. Bye. So, Christy, you oh, still I'm with here. me? I am here. I feel so much tell. better since you said that. <laughs> so, tell me again about your two books, so people can go get them and where they can get them. Oh, absolutely. Well, The Queen's Pawn, um, you can get it, of course, uh, it's everywhere on an e- by the ebook version. You can get it um, on Kobo, on Kindle, on um, Nook, every, basically every platform. It's through um, Penguin Random House. They were, they're really great, and they still have it up. And they also have trade paperbacks available. I know I saw them available on Amazon, and I'm sure they, if they are available on Amazon, they'll, if they're not available on Barnes & Noble yet, they will be. So they're, they'll be, they're out and available, which is great. That's my first one, The Queen's Pawn, which was about Alice and um, Princess Alice, is the correct, correct way to say it in France. And, and, um, and it was her rivalry with uh, the medieval queen, Eleanor of Aquitaine, one of my other obsessions. <laughs> I love these medieval women. Anywho, so that book was about them basically fighting over the king and fighting over the throne of England at the time. And then this new book, Princess of France, is Eleanor does play a small role. She does come in. I can't 
write a book in medieval France without putting Eleanor in it because I love her too. So she's in it for a couple of scenes, and Richard the Lionheart is, is in it for a scene. But um, it's mostly about um, Princess Alice and what she does once she's finally, after 20 years, released from what kind of felt like a prison, though it wasn't. It was a, a nunnery. She wasn't one, but she was in the nunnery for a long 20 years. And that gets old, I'll tell you. So she was glad to get out of there <laughs> and start her okay. life, basically, start a new life in France. And that's the what next project we talked about it today as well. The next project you're yeah. talking about is yeah. your project. Oh, my the obsession. Next one. Yeah. My obsession with the Plantagenets continues. Richard the Lionhearted conquering Akka with his army as part of the Third Crusade was one of the, the city one of the cities he took with his army during the Third Crusade. And it's told partly from his perspective and partly from the perspective of a Muslim girl who's living there, an Arab Muslim girl who's living there at the time, you know, when the city is conquered and her family dies and she's left alive sort of accidentally. Well, she, it's not accidental. She chooses to uh, take a different path and not get, she doesn't get killed in the battle. So then she's, Richard the Lionhearted was, I, I don't want to go too far off on a tangent because I will talk about him literally for an hour straight. But he he was um, very much a, <laughs> God help you. He was a very much a warrior, but he was also he also had a great deal of compassion, and he took in people who were displaced by his own army. It was sort of ironic. He would, you know, his army would come and you know, decimate an area. And and the people who survived, some of them who survived, he would take them in and shelter them and, you know, give them a place. So he's an interesting person. I like him a lot. He's one of my favorite um, medieval heroes. <laughs> but anywho, so that's what the next book is about. It's the two perspectives on the same war, which interests me because obviously both sides always think they're right. And neither one ever is. I think if you've already, if you've escalated the point of going to war, yeah. Except World War Two, that that's different. All I say, always when somebody's doing mass genocide, you better go to war. Pardon? I said, aren't they always right? Oh my goodness! I know each side always thinks they're right. Are we, you know, depending? It's sometimes it's us. You know, we think we're right. You know, when we're doing stuff, but every there's. That's, somebody told me about that when they were talking about having a good relationship on a personal level, not on like a a big power mongering, you know, uh, everybody is on the chessboard level, but on a, just a person you've got, you know, you've got a friend or you've got a husband or a lover or whatever, There's and you're having a disagreement, there's two sides, there's your side, there's his side. And then there's the right the actual what's actually going on, the third perspective that neither one of you can usually see, you know. So anyway, I don't know how I got off let that. Let me do a, let me do a little <laughs> homework again. Next week on Anything Goes, Kelly Stone Gamble will be my guest. Uh, it, it, you know, it just she will be here, and we'll be talking about her book projects and everything else. And on the thirtieth. We have Count Gore Duvall, Dick Dizel, and horror author Elizabeth Black talking about horror and other projects that both of them are doing. 
Dick has just had his 20th anniversary of a podcast, so it'll be great. And you guys can always listen to him, Count Gord Duvall, always. Uh, I can get links to the show if you want. Um, anything else, my dear? Oh, me. I love it. I've had the best time. Thank you so much. What Party's a wonderful next experience. Parties next time at your house. Yes. <laughs> Eventually this pandemic has got to end, and we will have a party at my house. <laughs> stone crafts. Oh, yeah. Big stone crafts. <laughs> I have a friend who's in the fish business. She can bring him up from South Carolina. <laughs> oh, well, tell her to drop by a little for me. I love him. There you go. <laughs> the big, the big, and I'm not just talking the the claws are great, but I love the whole thing. So yeah. Oh, I know what you mean. Absolutely, she'll get the whole thing for you. Oh, good. Good night, dear. Thank you Good very night. much. Thank you so coming. much. You've been a delight. I try to be, but I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so good night. Be well. Fly right. And I will see you next week on Anything Goes with Anna Pomerantz. Good night. <laughs>